0: New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash snapped or text SNAP to 500-500. That's audible.com slash snapped or text SNAP to 500-500.
1: It is an incredible story. My
2: daughter's been missing since this morning. name?
3: And I've watched it unfold. Mm-hmm. The FBI has now joined dozens of local
4: police in this missing persons investigation.
5: This was an all-American family. I knew that story was big. The national media was there, all the locals were there. It became a show. It became a spectacle, really. I
4: had nothing to do with Lacey's disappearance. She was a pregnant mother in a relationship with a man that she adored.
5: Two bodies found in the Bay are those of Lacey Peterson and her baby.
1: The prosecution told us Scott kills Lacey, Scott dumps Lacey in the Bay.
3: Came convinced that he's innocent. He's not a guy that would kill a woman. There was critical evidence that was never presented to Scott's jury. Could have been the key to everything could have led us to the murder. After serving 14 years
6: on death row, Scott Peterson has filed an appeal. Could he get out? It's
1: clearly not over for Scott Peterson.
4: That's correct, John. Scott killed Lacey. There was no doubt about
1: that. Did Scott maybe do it, probably do it, could have done it, must have done it? Maybe, but not beyond a reasonable doubt, Scott Peterson did not get a fair trial.
5: It was December 24th, 2002. Everybody's getting ready for Christmas. Families are gathering, getting ready to open gifts. And then suddenly, the Modesto Police Department gets a call saying Lacey Peterson, a woman who's eight months pregnant, is missing.
7: Can I help you? Yes. uh My daughter's been missing since this morning.
2: She's eight months pregnant. She took her dog for a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. The dog came home with disbelief shock. Jesus, she can't believe that. So the dog came back without your daughter? Right. What is your name? My name is Ron.
3: I'm a retired sergeant in the Modesto Police Department and worked for the department during the Lacey Peterson search. The initial call was that she had been out walking her dog in East Loma Park and
4: hadn't returned.
5: All of Lacey Peterson's valuables, her purse, uh, keys, were all left to
4: the house. Her husband Scott told us that she was missing and he gave us some information that she may have gone walking down to the park.
7: Scott tells the Modesto police that he last saw Lacey around 9.30 that morning when he left their home to go fishing. He believes she was planning to walk their dog, Mackenzie.
5: The Peterson dog was found wandering with its leash. No one knew if Lacey had taken it out for a walk and that's how she disappeared.
4: I'm John Bueller one of the detectives that worked the Peterson case East Saloma Park was only about a block and a half away from Scott and Lacey's house so that was naturally one of the first places that we were going to look
5: the park was very important so immediately that became ground zero for the search for Lacey Peterson my name is Gloria Gomez I
3: covered the Scott Peterson case volunteers, and officers actually walked the park
7: on foot that entire night looking for Lacey. While the search is underway, Modesto police asked Scott down to the station to give a detailed picture of Lacey's day.
4: So today, uh,
8: she told you what she was going to do for the day? Yeah. And what was that? Take the dog for a walk, and then she's going to the store to buy for Christmas. Morning, breakfast, tomorrow. She's going to make gingerbread cookies for
5: tonight. I can only imagine how Scott was feeling. His wife was carrying his child. Lacey was excited about being a first time mom, had the baby's name picked out, little Connor, had the nursery ready.
7: The nightmare continues for friends and family as Christmas morning arrives, and Lacey is still missing.
3: On Christmas Day, we returned to the park to do an expanded search. The park's huge. It actually runs for several miles along the creek bottom. And we didn't want to overlook anything, so it was a very thorough search.
6: There was empathy for this unborn child. Is she out there? Did she walk the dog and and fall? And is she incapacitated? My name is Ted Rollins. I was a reporter for KTVU. Started covering the Peterson case from the moment Lacey was missing. And it was something that people were instantly attracted to, and they wanted to help, especially people in Modesto. They wanted to find Lacey Peterson.
5: This is Christmas Day, and there was already a volunteer center. This was a situation where she could be in severe danger. So could her unborn child. So there was an urgency to find her.
4: Modesto, California was a town of a little over 200,000 people in the Central Valley of California. It was a commuter town, a short drive from San Francisco itself.
5: Lacey and Scott lived in a really nice middle-class neighborhood in Modesto, and they looked like the perfect American couple.
4: I then went over to the neighbor's house to start my first interview. One of the things that I was looking for was information about Scott and Lacey. What kind of marriage did they have? Did they have financial problems? Were they good neighbors? This is an extremely important time to get all the information possible.
9: I am Debbie Volsky. My first impression of Lacey was sweet and outgoing, and she's beautiful. She was kind of like a Disney princess.
4: Everybody that we talked to all painted Scott as the ideal guy. Nobody badmouthed him behind his back. He just seemed like the all American boy.
5: I mean, this guy had the looks, had the wealth, had a golfing scholarship. He had the American dream. Everything just seemed perfect.
3: When we didn't find her in the park and we didn't find any evidence, it was
7: very concerning. With no leads in sight, on December 26th, Lacey's family makes an emotional public appeal for her safe return.
5: Whoever has her, please, please, please let her go. Bring her back. To we us. love her
7: so much. We want
6: her,
5: we want her back. Please, her, let, her, let us have her back. You see anguish in the face of Sharon Rocha. Where is my daughter? That's when the panic started.
7: On December 27th, the FBI joins the investigation as they expand the search drastically desperate to locate the missing pregnant woman. Search teams on horseback, in helicopters, in boats, and on foot. Given
3: the huge, enormous geographical area that we were concerned with, um, it was absolutely a needle in a haystack. They were constantly showing Lacey Peterson's picture, hoping to get tips. We had a tip line that was exclusively for tips regarding to the Lacey Peterson search.
2: If you have any information, please call the Lacey hotline.
4: Lacey didn't do anything that we could see that contributed to her disappearance such as getting liquored up, going to the bars, getting involved in drugs, running with a a rough crowd or anything like that. Her car was still there. There was no evidence of forced break-in in the house, no destruction of property indicating that she'd had a fight in the house with somebody. It was almost like she just vanished. The leading cause of death for pregnant women is homicide, and generally at the hands of the father of the child. So when we have a pregnant lady missing at the tail end of her pregnancy, of course, the first thing we're going to look at is her husband.
5: Me and my crew, we were all camped out at the home of Lacey Peterson to talk to family members to try to figure out what exactly was going on. And there's other press there. The national media was there. All the locals were there. It became a show.
6: When we arrived, we gave the viewers what we knew at the time,
7: and that was who she was, her name, where she was last seen. Multiple networks gather outside the Peterson home, all competing for the attention of family members.
5: And then we see Scott. This is my first encounter with Scott Peterson. So the first thing I did, I walked right up to him and I said, listen, Scott, I want to know as much as I can about Lacey, your wife. And he looked at me and he started saying, all I want is Lacey to come home. That's all I want. And I go, I understand that. But the only way the public will feel that is if you go on TV and you tell people how much you love her, how much you miss her. And he goes, you know what, I will do that someday. Then after that, he walked away, and that was it. As a reporter, you're always hoping to make a connection. There was no connection. There was like a wall in front of Scott Peterson.
4: Scott, hey, why did not you come and talk to us?
5: He wanted
6: nothing to do with us, especially the camera. In fact, he asked us not to
1: take his picture. People want to hear from the husband, The the problem Scott has is that he wasn't emotive enough. Grew up in a very stoic family, his dad's like that. You don't emote all over the place. Lacey's husband was avoiding the media.
5: So right away, I've had a feeling like, why is he avoiding us? That was my gut telling me something's odd here.
1: From everything that I saw, he acted the way any normal husband would do. Does sounds sound like a killer? Not to me.
7: Coming up, a shocking twist that turns the public and Lacey's family against Scott Peterson.
5: Here we go, here we go, here we go. Everyone knew this was gonna rattle the entire
7: case. And later, is it possible that by focusing on Scott Peterson, the police missed key evidence that would come to light years later?
10: There was critical evidence
3: that
1: was never presented to Scott's jury.
3: Could have led us to the murder.
5: Scott Peterson had been planning to kill Lacey.
1: There's no way that Scott Peterson could have killed her because he was gone by this time.
6: I'm thinking he didn't do it.
7: Eight-month pregnant Lacey Peterson disappears on Christmas Eve, kicking off an intensive search and media whirlwind.
5: Lacey's husband, Scott Peterson, was avoiding the media. So right away, I had a feeling like, why is he avoiding us?
7: After 72 hours, police are no closer to finding the missing woman. She was a pregnant mother
4: looking forward to giving birth to her child in a relationship with a man that she adored. It was
7: almost like she just vanished. Three days earlier, on the same day Lacey was reported missing, it appeared police began forming suspicions about Lacey's husband, Scott Peterson. When the first patrol officers came out to the house,
6: to investigate the report of a missing woman. They called back to the Modesto Police Department and said, send a detective. We have a strange feeling about the husband.
2: You have a strange feeling, what is that? What is a strange feeling? I mean, it's, a, it's an emotional gut reaction. Because it's a feeling, it's not evidence. I'm Ann Bremner, I'm a criminal defense attorney. And I cover the Scott Peterson trial for most of the major networks.
4: There was very limited information that was available to us from the start. But one of the things that we learned from Sharon, Lacey's mother, was that the first thing that Scott did when he called her is he said, Lacey's missing.
5: He didn't ask, oh, is she there? Did you talk to Lacey? Is she coming over? Did she go over?
4: He immediately went to the fact that she was missing, even though her purse was there at the house. He
5: was very cautious. Everything was very Methodical?
2: There's no evidence. And yet they're thinking she's gone, she's kidnapped, she's murdered, and he's the one that did it. He remained the only suspect at that time from the beginning to the middle to the end of this case.
4: The lead detective played me a phone message that had been left by Scott when Scott was driving back from the Berkeley
7: Marina.
5: He said he had gone fishing the day Lacey disappeared.
7: On Christmas Eve, the day Lacey was reported missing, Scott had called his wife. Call went to voicemail.
1: Beautiful, I just
8: left a message at home. Two fifteen. I live in Berkeley. I won't be able to get to the Villa Farms to get that basket for Papa. I was hoping you would get this message and uh, go on out there. I'll see you in a bit. We love you. Bye.
4: Scott leaving this message for Lacey, I guess you could look at it that oh, this is something that what a great husband would do. But for us, when you take a look at the wording on that call and you compare it with Scott's demeanor. The flowery I love views and the affection that was present in the wording on that call didn't match up with his lack of panic when
1: we were dealing with him. But not everyone saw Scott Peterson's behavior as unusual. From everything that I saw, he acted the way any normal husband would do. I'm Richard Cole, I'm a journalist. I covered the Scott and Lacey Peterson case. He had treated his wife like a queen no one had ever seen them argue. No one had ever seen them fight. He spent the weekend before Lacey disappeared out in their backyard planting flowers for her. She would say, you know, because she was eight months pregnant, couldn't bend over and do it herself anymore. So Scott's on his hands and knees planting flowers for his wife. Scott got a designer purse for her for Christmas. That was what was under the tree. Is this the present that a husband is about who's about to kill his wife is gonna put under the tree?
7: Along with Scott's allegedly flowery voicemail, police find Scott's lack of emotion rather odd.
8: When did you realize you are going to go fishing? Oh, that was a morning decision. It seemed to oh, go the morning. So go played golf at the club or, or fishing. OK. Um, it seemed too cold to go play golf at the club. So um, yeah, I just decided to, you know, find
4: dirty or Scott's demeanor just wasn't
2: one of urgency. He was pretty cool, pretty reserved. The police are keeping copious notes of all his lack of response, you know, his lack of concern. But he was fully cooperative. He went to the police station and answered questions. How much more cooperative can he be?
6: What concerns me the most is the fact that your dog came home with a leash on.
8: What concerns me most is doing anything I can to further
2: progress. I appreciate that. To rest to judgment, Are we suspecting him based on evidence, or are we suspecting him based on our feelings?
7: Although the police believe Scott is acting suspiciously, Lacey's family maintains Scott had nothing to do with Lacey's disappearance. Lacey Peterson's family absolutely loved Scott, and they
6: wanted nothing to do with any speculation that he might have something to do with it.
5: We believe that Scott has nothing to do with Lacey's disappearance. They were, uh, they're a happy couple, and they love each other very much.
6: He had a reputation of being the person that went the extra mile to
4: help a neighbor. He had no criminal record. Pretty much everybody that we talked to all painted Scott as the ideal guy, all the right moves, all the right stories. World traveler, gosh, what's not to like? I liked him.
9: As more time went by, it got less and less likely that she would be found safe. The candlelight vigil was held at Loma Park. It was heart-wrenching.
5: This community has wrapped their arms around the Peterson family and have been very moved by Lacey's disappearance. Scott told police that he had a warehouse, and the boat was in the warehouse but the roaches didn't know that he had bought a boat. That was news to them. Police went to this warehouse and they went in.
7: Although Scott had told them about the warehouse from the beginning, in the weeks following Lacey's disappearance, police would search Scott's warehouse multiple times.
5: There were these cement blocks that were outlined. It's almost like when you You're trying to have something dry and it dries, but you still have the ring of cement. There were four of those and they thought, okay, so it's clear that he made anchors, cement anchors. Where are the anchors? They weren't in the warehouse, so where were they? All these things were starting to add up and it was starting to paint a picture to police. Maybe Scott Peterson had been planning this for a while this won't make headlines it'll be a missing woman and it'll go away and he'll pretend to be the grieving husband
7: but some believe there to be a very innocent explanation
2: for scott's supposed secrecy regarding the boat there was a big deal made about whether Lacey and her in-laws knew about the boat i mean do your in-laws know everything that you have or everything that you do he showed the police the boat right away There's no evidence that she did or didn't know, but what's the relevance of that?
1: The whole story about the boat was from the police side that he had secretly bought the boat as part of his plot to kill Lacey. There was no secret boat. It was a surprise for his father-in-law. So he could say on Christmas, guess what? We have a fishing boat.
7: Police continued to expand the search, increasingly concentrating on the Berkeley Marina where Scott had told them he was fishing on Christmas Eve.
4: Scott driving from Modesto to the saltwater there in Berkeley at the marina probably would have taken a little over an hour.
2: Why would you
5: go fishing in the San Francisco Bay on Christmas Eve and leave your wife, who's eight months pregnant, home alone? That immediately didn't make sense.
3: It was unusual that somebody would fish San Francisco Bay in such a small
1: boat. The bay can become quite rough damned if you do, damned if you don't. When someone's convinced, you know, that you're guilty, everything that you do makes you look even more suspicious.
10: Whoa, Memorial Day. That means summer is here. And if you're struggling to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so of every day, dedicated to my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake, and then I go crush a workout from one of the 120 programs on the Body app and just follow along day by day. So here's my special offer to you. Because it's Memorial Day and I want you to get started now, the next 5,000 new subscribers who sign up for six months get the next six months free. That's full access to over 120 programs. So don't wait. See how fast the pounds can really come off. And if they don't, you can get your money back, no questions asked. Just go to Body to buy six months and get the next six free. That's B-O-D-I dot com.
8: Alpha 1-Niner commence Wi-Fi device checklist.
7: Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console console. Smart thermostat. Set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here.
2: Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once.
10: All systems go. You are clear for
2: takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not
1: guaranteed.
4: There was some criticism that came from a variety of different people that we only focused on Scott from
1: the beginning, but that's simply not true. One of the detectives told a neighbor of Scott's, Within one hour of when police were called out, that they knew what had happened to Lacey Peterson. It was very clear to the neighbor that he was saying that Scott didn't. Classic tunnel vision. It wasn't just a couple of us working on this case.
4: We had a whole team of detectives and officers that were looking at all sorts of other things that were going on. We were checking sex registrants that were living in the area, anybody that had a history of crimes of violence that was paroled out of state prison. These were all happening simultaneously when we were looking at Scott.
1: There were a lot of very good witnesses who saw Lacey Peterson walking McKenzie. The police interviewed all these people, and they just dismissed it out of hand. They said they were all wrong.
2: The police started on Scott Peterson within hours. He was always their only suspect, tooling in the morning.
7: On January 24th, 2003, one month after Lacey's disappearance, the Modesto Police Department alerts the media that it will hold a press conference. This will prove to be one of the most shocking twists in the entire case.
5: Modesto police said at 7 o'clock, they were having a press conference. We're like, OK, this is good. They don't hold press conferences unless there's something big. So we're like, they found her, there's a huge tip, maybe they have a suspect, maybe they're gonna announce Scott's the suspect. We're in the Modesto Police Department's main headquarters. It is packed. We are shoulder to shoulder, reporter to reporter, waiting to hear what Modesto police have to say. Everyone knew this was gonna rattle the entire case. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Finally, they come out. I had never expected this in a million years, but a petite blonde comes out with all the lead detectives in the case.
6: Miss Amber Fry will make a brief statement.
7: Who's Amber Fry? One month after the disappearance of Lacey Peterson, Modesto police call a press conference to announce a stunning development in the case. Miss Amber Fry will make a brief statement.
5: A petite blonde comes out, and she's shaking, and she looks up, and then she told her story.
9: I met Scott Peterson, November 20th, 2002. Scott told me he was not married. We did have a romantic relationship. This girl is announcing to
5: the world she was having an affair with Scott Peterson. We're taking this live. This is like breaking news. I am very sorry for Lacey's family. That was shocking to us.
6: Amber Fry took this story and made it absolutely explode.
5: Secret that has torn two families apart, Scott's affair with Amber Fry. The Fresno woman says Scott tricked her into believing he was single.
6: When she came on scene, we thought it was a big story beforehand. It went absolutely crazy. People couldn't get enough of it.
9: Hi, I'm Amber Fry. I didn't ask for this to happen. You know, I was a young single mother, thought I met a great guy, and was excited. I first met him in November. We hit it off really well, and he was funny and charming and good-looking. I asked if he had any children, and he said no, and he told me he had lost his wife.
4: Amber didn't pay much attention to television, so she really didn't know any of the media hoopla that was going around with the missing case involving Lacey.
9: My daughter was very young and kept me busy so the TV just wasn't on so I never came across it or heard anything. We were dating and little things were starting to like not feel right, like something was up. Like him talking to me when there's water running, like, like he's in the shower or bathroom of some sort, which just kind of was a little red flag like why are you always talking to me with water running? I went to a friend to ask if he could look him up and see if he found anything, whether he was possibly married or still married or just whatever he could find.
4: So a friend of hers told her that the guy that she'd been seeing, Scott Peterson, could possibly be the husband of a missing girl from Modesto. And that's when she called our tip
7: line. Although the public became aware of her in January 2003, Amber Fry had actually called the Modesto police tip line almost a month earlier one week after Lacey had gone missing. Amber gets a hold of one of
4: my partners. And then she said, and she understood that our agency was investigating a guy named Scott Peterson. And she was wondering, Amber, if this was the same guy that she was dating. And I'm sitting across from the lead detective with one desk between us. And so I can see his expression and I know that something big is up.
9: The detectives asked if we could meet and i said yes i was on pins and needles feeling scared scott told me he's in europe he's you know way on a like on a trip i just learned that he has a missing wife and he's not in fact in europe he's actually in modesto
4: she wanted to cooperate she wanted the truth and she actually showed us that scott wasn't this perfect guy that everybody had been painting for all this time.
9: I don't know how long I I sat there and cried. I was in shock, Um, couldn't tell you how much time passed. At that point, they had asked if I would be willing to record our conversations. And I said, yes.
4: We stopped at Radio Shack to pick up a recording device to attach to Amber's cell phone. And in the midst of putting all this stuff together, Amber gets a call from Scott.
6: Hello. Uh, Amber. Yes.
9: I was fumbly. I was shaking. I was just so nervous. There was just so much to remember. Because my truth was he was in Europe. Can
8: I tell you how wonderful
4: you are? That's pretty easy to do. Okay. And she was perhaps one of the greatest little actresses I've ever seen in my life. She was able to engage in a conversation with him like we weren't even on the planet.
8: You know, I always call you and I tell you you're special. And I need a better, bigger word than special. You know, like the or something. All right, well, you have a good day, okay?
9: Sweet. Thank you. It was challenging because I would get off the phone with him. And then just, you know, and then I'd immediately call John and say, oh my gosh, this is what he's telling me.
4: Over a period of weeks before we finally had her cease the phone contact, Amber recorded over 29 hours of phone
7: conversation with Scott. Before introducing Amber to the world at the press conference, the Modesto police had arranged a meeting with Scott's supporters, Lacey's family, to deliver the shocking news. And they brought with them a
6: photograph of Scott and Amber together. And when they showed that photograph to Lacey's mom, she looked at it and turned to them and said, why did he have to kill her? And at that moment, Lacey's family absolutely turned on Scott Peterson.
5: It pretty much unraveled after that. The moment Amber Fry came out, Immediately, Lacey Peterson's family had their own press conference. Our one and only focus is to find Lacey and to bring her home to us. I love my daughter so much. I miss her every minute of every day. Sharon Rocha got right up there and said, we no longer support Scott Peterson. We want him to tell us what happened to Lacey. We were shocked to find out that he'd been having an affair. And we felt that if he had not been truthful about that, that possibly there's other things he needs to talk to us about. There was anger. There was frustration. There was betrayal. Everything you could think of, that family was feeling at that moment. And we were all airing it live. Now we had a huge story, huge.
6: They were convinced that Scott was responsible for Lacey's death. They shut down their volunteer center. They stopped doing searches.
2: He was having an affair. He he didn't want to be public because his wife was missing. But it doesn't make him a killer. Did you murder your wife? I
5: get word that Scott's getting ready to talk to the media. He realized that he had to come forward and talk to the media and explain what was going on because of the cloud of suspicion that has been circling him since this all began. I really felt like he was thinking, hey, I am charming. I can talk my way out of anything and I'll get the public back on my side. And I thought, I have to get this interview. I have to. I was calling him every day,
6: multiple times a day asking for an interview and he always said, oh yeah, I'll I'll talk to you at some point, but just not today.
5: I get a call and I see my phone, says Scott Peterson on it. So I pick it up, I said, hey, Scott. He said, hey, Gloria, I wanna give you a little interview. And I said, great. And I cannot even tell you how excited I was.
7: Gloria Gomez was one of only four journalists Scott selected for interviews. So was Ted Rollins. I was happy and, and
6: relieved, to be honest, that he allowed me to do one of the interviews.
5: Peterson wanted to do the interview at his house, which I thought, this is cool. I get to go inside the house.
6: He was in total control of the interview. He restricted to one camera and he made us take our shoes off, which was very strange.
5: I'm like, okay, I've never done it in an interview with no shoes on, but... Okay, my photographer knew like time was at uh, of the essence. so he's he's moving quick. He's setting up his gear. You're just glancing around, looking around, and then it's going through your mind. It's like, was she killed here? The kitchen area, there was a there was like a chalkboard where they, I guess they wrote messages back and forth or maybe notes of maybe groceries or whatever. But on the chalkboard was Merry Christmas. And I thought, wow. I wonder if Lacey wrote that. And I wonder if that's like her last message.
7: A month after Lacey's disappearance, and just a few days after Amber Fry has come forward, Scott Peterson gives four highly coveted television interviews. Is he doing it to save face or to keep the search for Lacey alive?
5: This is the time to really kind of catch him off guard. I knew that sitting down with him, making him answer questions, was going to be the key to solving this case. There are a lot of suspicions out there. You had a girlfriend. Right. Your response to me is that you had no common either way. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just come clean then?
8: Well, I'm glad you asked, asked the question. Um, It simply, you know, wasn't um, appropriate to comment on it. It's just not important to comment about um, that. I'm glad that Amber came forward. Let me turn that off. Yeah, what is that? That's my phone, unfortunately. I thought it was off. Then I'll just answer that question again.
5: Okay. The phone rings during our interview, which I thought was interesting because it's been over a month, your wife's been missing. Any phone call could be the phone call to say, we found Lacey. She's safe.
8: Yeah, it's kind of going crazy, isn't it? Ah.
5: Okay. And I thought, wow, if your wife is missing, you think you'd want to take every phone call. What does he do? He turns off the ringer and keeps interviewing. How do you feel, though, that, you know, the the Rocha family says they can't trust you? They're wonderful people, the Rocha
8: family. You know, okay, question my my morals and my poor decision-making. That's fine, but don't stop looking for Lacey. She's out there somewhere.
6: It was really a no-win situation for him because no matter what he said or how he said it, people were going to dissect it and say, oh, obviously, he's guilty. Look at the way he says that. And you can be the key to finding them. Putting out that, you know,
8: mix. You're
5: fire. looking at the camera.
8: Well, it's a, it's a plea to go, the audience. That's why we're doing this.
6: That's really all I think I have to say. The more he did it, the more people picked away at it.
8: Um, obviously, the relationship I had with Amber was inappropriate. I told Lacey about it in early December. It did definitely not put the marriage in jeopardy. Um, obviously, not a positive thing.
7: While Peterson may have tried to control the interviews themselves, he could not control the media coverage on them afterwards.
5: To suggest to uh, ordinary people like myself that his wife was, and I'm quoting, okay with it, that he was having an affair, I think that's a glaring lie.
1: The problem Scott has is that he wasn't emotive enough. Doesn't work real well on television.
9: I saw what everybody else saw in the interview. After you told Lacey, you continued to see Amber, was that also the I
8: right thing her. to do? Yeah, no.
5: And then even after Lacey went missing, you continued to romance this girl? No.
9: After he did the interview, he immediately called me and was like, I didn't say that. I'm sure you watched it, but they cut me off. I didn't say that. So, I mean, he was dishonest about that too.
7: But. Not everyone in the media is so quick to write off Scott Peterson. As soon as Amber Fry stepped onto the
6: scene, it explained everything to me why Scott Peterson was acting the way he was. Why didn't
1: he want his image on television? Well, because he had a girlfriend. If I were in the same position and I had a mistress, I would certainly be tempted not to tell the police and have it all come out, and then your wife comes out And you say, oh, I've just destroyed my family.
6: Amber Fry was the explanation for all of this and for me unlike everybody else i'm thinking he didn't do
7: it two months after scott's interviews and well past his wife's due date lacy and connor's fate remains a mystery hope for their discovery is dim the case basically slowed down because the search
6: for lacy was turning up nothing There was nothing that tied Lacey's disappearance to Scott. They had no physical evidence. They couldn't arrest him, so this case really wasn't going anywhere until what happened next, and that changed everything. The night of April 12th, there was a very intense storm in the San Francisco Bay Area. The next morning, April 13th, a couple was walking their dog and they saw something strange along the shoreline, something along the rocks.
4: They called police. Four months into the investigation, body of a child, almost full term, is discovered on the shore, outside the area where Scott had been fishing.
5: There's a huge tip, me and my crew head out there, and sure enough, they're confirming it's the body of a fetus, a baby. And so, as I'm getting ready to go live, I am literally on the phone with sources, getting as much information as I can about this.
4: The next day, April 14th, the body of an adult female is discovered in the same general area.
5: No head. No arms, no legs, just a female torso.
6: Intense interest just ignited again and people believed that this was likely Lacey and this unborn child, which they'd named Connor.
7: Investigators are trying to determine if the bodies found in
4: the San Francisco Bay belong to missing Modesta woman Lacey Peterson and the baby she was pregnant with when she disappeared. This case was now back on the front pages. You
3: had that sick feeling in your stomach that this was going to be Lacey and Connor. Here we have the bodies recovered near the Berkeley Marina in the area where Scott had had been. It was pretty evident at that point that, at least to me, that he was probably going to be responsible for their murder.
5: No word yet on whether the two bodies found in the Bay are those of Lacey Peterson and her baby. The lab results could come any time now. The big question now is where is Scott Peterson?
4: Constant surveillance on Scott was being done at that time. Scott's hovering around San Diego. There always was the concern that Scott would try to take off, possibly across the border into Mexico. And then it was gonna be a whole new set of problems to bring him back. So as they're processing the DNA evidence to try and link these two bodies together and to Scott, we're preparing our arrest warrant. An arrest was
5: coming and was coming soon.
4: On the 18th of April, 2003, we finally received verification that the DNA on the two bodies that were found confirmed it was Lacey Peterson and her unborn son, Connor. And that's when we arrested Scott. And that's when we discovered all the things that he had in that car. When Scott
6: was arrested, he had nearly $15,000 in cash with him. He had a backpack with knives and a uh, water purifier. He had an axe, dyed his hair kind of an orange-ish blonde, and he had a goatee. He looked a lot different.
1: Every place he went, people said, Oh, that's Scott Peterson. So he was hoping to. Disguise himself. He's trying to get away from the media. He was being followed by private detectives.
4: He had snorkeling equipment. He had backpacking equipment. He had neckties, dress shoes. He had dress shirts. He had shorts, all packed into that car, which suggested to me that he was planning on leaving, and he could have certainly gone across
7: the border. Was Scott planning to escape across the border? Or was there a more innocent explanation as to why he was headed south?
1: There was never any indication he was going to Mexico. His life in Modesto had been destroyed. And so he went down, spent time with his parents in San Diego.
6: His family had an explanation for everything that Scott was found with, but in totality, he's in San Diego near the Mexican border, and he has all of this with him. It sure did make it look like he was ready to run.
5: I had sources with the Modesto Police Department. I got word he was going to be arrested. We had graphics with Scott's picture, boom, with the word arrest on it. That's how prepared we were.
1: The Modesto police whipped up a media frenzy through lies and leaks, and they kept the reporters on their side. They created this atmosphere of hatred focused on Scott Peterson.
5: Finally, that phone call comes. So I go on the air and I break the news. Scott Peterson's been arrested. This is just the beginning. We haven't even got to the trial yet.
7: Scott Peterson is charged with the murder of his wife and unborn son. I'm convinced
2: that he's innocent. But will he get a fair trial? There was more media at this case than there was at O.J. Simpson. It was a mob, it was a lynching. Amber Fry knows she's a reluctant celebrity. I miss you, baby.
5: That jury hated him. Six, seven minutes, seven, you are on. Scott was going down.
2: Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment.